What is up, everybody? Welcome to episode number eight of Betting and Boozing here on the HHH Racing Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Roscoe, and what an absolutely great car we're going to have for you tonight. We're going to be a little bit of switch up tonight. We're going to go for horse racing first for all you horse racing fans out there of the HHH Racing Podcast, which we so greatly appreciate. We're going to go with horse racing first tonight, and then we're going to talk about mine and Charlie's bets bets of the weekend. Patrick is stuck at work right now. Hopefully he can get home, but all his picks will be given as well. But I'm very excited, obviously, with the guys on the flagship show every Thursday night are going to go over the massive day at Oakland with the Rebel and everything going on there, Kentucky Derby points and all that. Absolutely great racing down there in, the, in uh, Hot Springs. We're going to go over a pretty, a really good and pretty challenging card at Gulfstream Park. Like I said, we're going to go over the last five races which is a little bit different to the norm of what we normally do which is the late pick four we're going to add one race on the on the end of it hopefully you guys will enjoy the little bit of extra horse racing content to start off guys as we all know if you're enjoying the show please go down below and hit subscribe to the youtube channel for both mine and howard's show wednesdays and thursdays and with an occasional tuesday night show we would greatly appreciate it and it tells youtube that it, this is a great show, and it's what people would love to watch. So please, if you're down there, please subscribe and also hit the like button. It helps us out with the YouTube algorithm by pushing our show out to a bunch of people. If you could do that, we would greatly appreciate it. Like I said, our next live show is down there tomorrow. Is down there is tomorrow. It is at 8 p.m. Eastern time, and it's going to cover the Rebel with Howard Kravitz, Pete Visco, and Paul Halloran. So if you're interested in that horse racing content for an absolutely amazing day at Oaklawn, please check that out. And my email is scrolling down bottom on the, or below on the scroll. It is Betton and Boozin. That is no G's. That is Betton, the letter N, Boozin at gmail.com for all questions and concerns. If you're an audio listener, please go rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. Those are the three main podcast platforms that we use for mainly audio so if you're more of an audio listener even though i highly recommend coming check out the youtube as we show pps rate replays and everything i would highly recommend it but if you're more of an audio listener please go rate review and subscribe on those platforms as for the power picks again howard and the guys are absolutely killing it they put out pick fives every week howard's best bets of the weekend are on there different types of price plays, spot plays, anything that you would want in a horse racing tip sheet is there. And it's only $4 a weekend, which Howard Grit gives an absolutely amazing value. It's $15.99 a month. That's the payment plan, but it comes out to about $4 a weekend. And their ROI is absolutely insane. It's even over what it was in 2022. I believe it's somewhere around $2.70 right now, while the average is down at $160 for the average horse player. It is absolutely amazing. If you're inclined please check that out and you can also check out previous power picks and if you were like the look before you buy or all everything about us please go to hhhracingpodcast.com for all of those needs and again thank you so much to the sponsors of the hhh racing podcast and betting and boozing thank you to our sponsor bet us it is a fantastic sports betting and casino platform for all your big plays up to 200, 200 games a day with 300 to 400 props. It is an absolutely great website. I use it personally. I know Howard uses it personally. They have so many different things that you could bet on with all the great, with a great UI and everything. If you're interested, 
please go down below. There is a link that you can follow for us. And if you are depositing money, please use code RACING3H, the number three, RACING3H, for a free 125% back if you deposit $100 or more. If you're interested, again, below the video player in the description, please use that link. And again, thank you to our second sponsor of the show, but not not the last for sure. Uh, Crownsway Racing is an absolutely amazing ownership opportunity with, and they're coming out with Series E. It is closing soon, I believe. Tony, I believe Tony said he's going to close it at the end of February, maybe early March, somewhere around there. So if you are interested, please get in contact with Tony Rollo either through Twitter at CrownswayRacing.com or through his email, Anthony Rollo at crownswayracing.com there it's a they coming out with series e it's an absolutely great um partnership i'm a part of it as you see all behind me all these winter circle pictures and everything they're all courtesy of crownsway racing which has been absolutely great the shares for series e start at five hundred dollars they don't bill monthly which is a difference from a bunch of other syndicates that you come across it, the five hundred dollars will cover the buy-in fee the purchasing or the uh the purchasing fee and six months of maintenance on all horses. So there'll be no monthly bills at all. Uh, you get paddock. I've been, like I said, in the winter circle pictures, I've been in the paddock in the winter circle. Um, you get that access with these horses. Kyle, Carlos and Kelsey are fantastic, clean trainers. It's absolutely great. There's a flat 10% commission rate off the top. So you'll never see that. Um, like I said, no maintenance or, pur- or purchasing fees monthly at all. And they've, I mean, they won at 17% in 2022 in the last two years. They've been over half in the money. I, like I said, I can't speak highly enough of them as not only for them being a sponsor of this show, but I personally am a patron, I guess you could say. I am a partner. So I would highly recommend it. Again, if you're interested, please DM them at Crownsway Racing on Twitter or email Anthony Rollo with two L's, Anthony Rollo at CrownswayRacing.com. And before I bring Charlie on to cover this pick five, let's go over some great, um, let's go over some great comments. Michael Austin, horse, thanks so much for joining the chat. Greatly appreciate it. Jim, enter the handicapping contest, Sunny Goldstream. I will be in that contest, Jim. So you'll see. Hopefully, we'll be both at the top of the leaderboard and we'll get in with each other. So, um, but I will be in that as well. And hey, I'm gonna have to pick big prices because those types of contests. Granted, I've, I'm more inclined to play the uh, live money contest as Howard is, but I'm going to start because I want to get to that NHC. Vegas is going to be an absolute blast whether I play in the contest or not, but I will be there. So take a look out for me, Jim, and I'll look out for you as well. And again, thank you, Howard. This is another big thing I wanted to touch on. Thank you. I appreciate it. They will have a live show for the Saudi Cup card starting at 5 p.m. Eastern. Uh, if you're any, If you're any at all interested in the Saudi cup card, please tune into that show with Howard and Davy lane. Davy lane's an excellent, excellent handicapper or punter from uh, the UK. Who's going to know everything or is going to know all about the UK horses going over there. It's going to be an absolutely great informative show as it always is with Davy. So Howard, thanks so much again. That is before the 8 PM Eastern show at 5 PM East 5 PM Eastern tomorrow. So you get a double dose of Mr. Kravitz. If you guys are inclined, please go check that out. Michael, you can't find Morningland for Saudi. I believe it's on Equibase. Um, Howard Howard would have to know that. Oh, he's not out yet. Thank you. That's actually good. Um, thank you. I appreciate it. But I agree that um, I'm going to talk on this a little bit. I, I kind of see that. As long as Taba's at his best and the trip over does not hurt him, I believe that he's going to be definitely tough in there. 
for sure. And now, without further ado, guys, I'm going to bring on my co-host, and we're going to get right into this pick five, give you guys the best bets of the weekend. My co-host, again, Patrick, is still stuck at work. Hopefully, he can join us before the end of the show. But from the Ohio State University, it is Charlie Freeman. Charlie, what's going on, my friend? Not much. How you doing? Doing all right. Hey, I mean, look, I'm going to have to drink by myself tonight, but I got the gold-plated got the gold-plated Breeders Cup glass from this year, and I'm drinking my favorite margaritas. If you guys are all drinking out there, betting and boozing, of course, cheers to you, my friends. Let's get this started. So, like I said, we're going to go over the late pick five at Gulfstream Park this weekend. As I bring it up, Charlie, um, it is an allowance optional claiming for $25,000, a purse of 86000 And they don't have morning line favorites out yet, um, but – I would assume that the morning life favorite is either going to be the number eight strong quality would be my guess. As I bring up your picks, Charlie, I believe we might have the same horse. Oh no, actually me and Patrick do you are going with, with the eight strong quality. And as I bring up the PPs here, uh, talk about why you like strong quality. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously the question that I have for strong quality is the fact that we're going on the turf and this is a dirt horse. So, I mean, obviously there is that concern, but I mean, it was an expensive horse, got Javier Castellano on it. Mark Cassie is the trainer, obviously a great duel. And I just, I, I, what I like about this horse, honestly, is the consistency. It's been working well. It did look like it had a good workout on the turf. So it makes me a little more confident, but I like that the speed figures are also consistent. Um, the horse does a really good job at staying on the lead. It really only flatted, uh, flattened out in its most recent race, but that was its first race. Uh, I guess not off like a big layoff, but nonetheless, somewhat of a layoff. And also more importantly, these have all been like going a mile or longer. And so now you're cutting back in the distance, which I think helps this horse out as well. I know there's some other speed in this race, but there's just no horse that really stands out to me the way the eight does. So I feel like this could be a race where the eight just kind of wires the field. Yeah. I mean, look, it's definitely possible. But as I go through and if you um, I know Howard uses them as well. I recommend formulator PPs. They're absolutely great. You can see everything you need to see. Like if I go for the family tree, of the eight tis so sweet. I mean, that's all dirt. That's all routing dirt quality road. Obviously all routing dirt. The grand dam was all was sprinting dirt. Actually Tis now routing dirt. Aglusive quality had a little bit at the end of um, his reign, but like Cobla, I mean, there's no, it just, I don't see any turf in these breed in the breeding, which is what scares me a little bit. And as I scroll back down to him, I mean, Look, he's absolutely great. The speed figures definitely fit in this type of race for this horse. It just comes down to the fact is, can this horse take from the, take to the turf? Which this is one thing I wanted to point out as well, since I do have him obviously in third. Um, this work, he worked really well over the turf. Granted, only in Florida will you get a 48 and four workout for four furlongs and have it being half as good as everyone else. That's just so fast down there, just like it is um, in, on the West coast is another good comparison, but yeah, this, I mean, there's obviously there's one glaring question for this horse is it, can it take to the turf? And obviously Mark Cassie, no hundred percent knows what he's doing. hundred percent, by the way, take a drink for everyone out there. Everyone, a part of the flagship show would know that's a good, that's a good meme for sure. Yeah. That's my question is, can this horse take to the turf? And if he does, I mean, he's definitely the speed of the race is that, but again, it's just that one factor in here Two off that little layoff, I think really helps this horse as well. Just got to see with the surface. Now with the number nine, Michael Austin, I am with you, my friend. I am going with the number nine chasing the crown for Paco and Mike maker. Look, there's a lot of things that I really like about this horse. 
first things first, it's a steadily improving horse. I think this horse is going to get a really good trip. I really, the one thing I don't like is, um, I don't like how his horses on the outside going this weird configuration of a distance going seven and a half furlongs at Gulfstream. There's absolutely no run up to the first turn, which we'll get into, I believe in the next race, which is also seven and a half or no, it's the one after it. But anyway, I just don't, I hate horses coming from that outside post. We saw it with delight, which Howard still never lets me go to this day. That was a horrible pick on my part. I will say it straight up. An absolutely horrible pick. Delight was so far on the outside in a seven and a half for a long race. I think she might have been in the parking lot. She was so wide on the first turn. So that's my only thing. But if th- this horse has tactical speed, looks to get a good trip, and I love the I love especially the way Gulfstream turfs have been Gulfstream's turf has been playing these past few weekends. I love the stalking trip. They don't really come from the back unless the pace absolutely cooks itself. And I mean, this horse has been in a bunch of quick paces up front. The one time it got a moderate pace, this, I mean, it, it blew by everyone. Granted, it was a maiden race facing winners for the first time, got third, the journeyman who ended up winning his next start. So that's what I love. I really do like the nine in this spot. It just comes down to me is can the horse get the trip from that outside post, which hopefully it can use some of its tactical speed to get in here. Charlie, I'm going to have you touch on the one, but I'm going to touch on the six real quick. So, so a summer for Jose and Mott. This is the horse that I think if the pace, um, I know it has a lot of early time form. It's coming from a sprinter. That's the one thing to look for is it's coming. For, this horse is coming from five furlongs, six furlongs, six furlongs, five and a half. Granted, six and a half furlongs at Kentucky Downs. But for all of you know that follow Kentucky Downs, that plays more, you know, to the mile akin with all the, you know, the ups and downs of that track. This horse is probably going to be up front knowing Mott. Unless this horse, unless Jose is going to really try to slow this horse down coming from sprints, this horse is going to be up front. If somehow I don't see a problem with the distance of this horse, it's going mile and a 16th. It's only losing by six to horses like Capensis. Or I call it a choice, a more choice word. I call it without the S, but um, as I do with my friends. But that's my thing: is that this horse is going to get out to the front. If somehow there's no there's no pace interjected, this could be the horse that gets that right trip, which is my one thing. I agree that I think the pace will be hot, as I see in the chat over there. But it just comes down to we say it all the time. I say it all the time, and then all of a sudden this six is just going to go out to the lead by himself. I think this horse could be the best speed. And that's where I'm thinking. I see a lot of addition in the five. Look, this, the thing with, again, it's James Toner. So many of you, many people won't know who James Toner is, but he, I mean, he's been winning at a pretty decent amount, especially this goal treatment. You can see he's winning at 20% granted small sample size of 15. This horse has really good works on the dirt. These are the dirt, the turf, these last two. I mean, bouncing back off a, a year, almost a, a year and a half layoff between these two starts, second off could be a lot better. It's just, I I don't know if this horse could is going to be on the win end. I think this horse might be able, if the pace gets hot, could clunk up if he's not too fast enough. So that's my only thing. And that see, this is a good one, Chris alone. Thanks so much for joining the show. Turner once today, second off the layoff. It's just a matter of this is such a long layoff. The the numbers just aren't there for this horse. But if this horse can improve, I don't see why this horse can get like clunk up for third. And that's the way I see it. If he wins, he'll beat me. But again, for all those, that could be an interesting one to check on. Charlie, 
touch on the one, which is call Kurt before we move on to the next race. Yeah, so basically I did want to touch on for a second with the nine. I do also – I was honestly flipping back and forth between the eight and the nine. For me, it's a two-horse race. Um, even though I sometimes get concerned when horses run out of gas, uh, as you kind of explained to some of our viewers on other episodes, like when you see those red figures, it means that it was a hot pace. And so I think that was something the nine kind of fell victim to a ton in its past, which is crazy hot paces. So that's why I'm not concerned about it. But then, yeah, for the one – I just, again, I like consistency in these kind of races. I think Antonio Sano's a very underrated trainer. Yep. He does well here at Gulfstream. Same with Edgar Zayas as a jockey. I like the combination together. Um, what I just kind of like about this horse is it, it sort of consistently, even when the pace has gotten hot, has done a good job of just sitting right off those leaders. And sometimes it gets the job done. Sometimes it doesn't. But for me, I think it does. I think it's more meant for the turf. I think this is a horse that could sit right off that hot, hot pace and stay close enough where it doesn't really need to work hard to get there. I don't think it will get there, but I certainly think it's a horse that'll be at a better price than if you try to pick one of the eight or nine with someone that you could put under an exacta. I think this is a really good race for the one. Yeah. I mean, look, especially from the rail at these seven and a half furlong distances, I think the ra- the closer you get to the rail, I don't know the exact stats, but I'm sure the closer you get to the rail, the better that these horses fare, as I touched on. I mean, this horse can tuck in right behind the speed. I'm hoping the nine is going to be that horse to sit next to a horse like this. Um, but obviously, that's going to have to be down to the if the horse can work out its own trip. But hey, there's no reason these numbers fit. Granted, a little slow compared to horses like the nine, who's around 92s. The nine, who's I just like the nine's upside, frankly. That's just the what it comes down to. Only four races under Maker and second off a long layoff. I like the nine the most. I'm going nine, six, eight in this spot. Charlie's going eight, nine, one. And for those of you like to follow Patrick, he's going nine, eight, and the 10 Hoku, who again, very lightly raced for one of Crown's Way's own, Kelsey Danner. So again, this horse could greatly improve. Granted, did threw a little bit of a dud first time against. Uh, winners but I mean this horse I don't know if this horse was wanted nothing to do with the lead granted mile and a half also trotting back to that mile distance that horse can definitely be another one that could clunk up I could see at least going into it and as I bring up the next uh, the next race we are actually all in agreement for this next one going with I believe that is Candyman Rocket which if I was with Howard I could not say that for the life of me but Charlie, I'm going to let you talk about Candyman Rocket first for Mott and Alvarado. Yeah, so Candyman Rocket is just another one that's looked great. Um, obviously, had a huge layoff, hadn't run since what now would be a little over a year. First race back already to have a 94 speed figure in that type of race and be able to be, you know, just sitting on the lead and then be able to be ridden out and again, working really well. Love William Mott. Jose Alvarado does well with this horse. Um, yeah, I just I think the distance will be good for the horse. Hasn't struggled with him in the past. Speed figures are great. I think this one can get right to the lead. I don't think it'll have much trouble. And I think whether it actually does get to the front or maybe some horse that'll gas out just happens to be able to get right in front of it. I think this horse really shouldn't struggle. I uh, I couldn't get myself to single, and I, I decided to put in some extra stuff just because I think a pick five is so difficult to hit as is. But I yep. really do like everything about this horse. I think it's dealt with, again, you can see with the red figures, it's dealt with some hot paces before and still found a way to win. So the fact that there is other horses in this race that can provide speed doesn't really scare me. I just think that early speed also figure uh, of 116 from time form is just incredible. I really do think this horse is in a great spot. Yeah, I really do. And like I said, I love, especially on this Gulfstream, you'll find out my, a lot of my preferences in, in these races. I love horses that draw to the outside in these types of races on the sprint. 
I think Katie Mary Rockets going to keep kept in the clear. He's going to show his tactical speed. This is not a need the lead type by absolutely any means. I think this horse is improving again. Look at this off. This is what I like to see and why Mott I think is Mott is so good is look at this horse's tab. May 9th of 21 runs a second to, uh, to Beren on May 20 on May 9th of 21. It comes back February 5th of 22 wins for wins a 62 over Artemis city limits. Um, who ran, who's run really well since. And then he comes back in January of 23 continues to improve wins easily granted not against not so much anyone as i click on the graph you can see next buyer figures out paco's pico got an 84 and absolute great actually improved to a 93 so these horses are still improving that this horse faced and he did it super easily i think second off the layup is really going to help this horse and i think this horse is going to be really live on on saturday which as you'll see in my ticket later i did i did think he was very live um, Charlie, I'm going to let you talk about the two who I've in third, this horse, I, I couldn't, I could not decide what to do with this horse. Um, it's super Ocho for Amador Sanchez and Misael Jaramillo. Yeah, this was another one where I also didn't really know what to do with it. I mean, the works are kind of ridiculous. I know you mentioned that they're fast in California, but still for me to have a 48, a 48, a 47, and then a 59. I mean, you can see though with the numbers first, second. Uh, fifth, like it's having some of the fastest work. So clearly this horse can go. I mean, the speed figures again are consistent and ridiculous. Uh, even when it gets that fast though, again, it's still, you see it's going gate to wire and it's running away. I mean, this will, this will probably be the horse that gets to the front for me. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's absurdly, absurdly fast. Um, yeah. Again, I, I, I don't, I just couldn't put it over the seven. I mean, for me, I really do think this is a strong horse. I would not be surprised if the, uh, Two won this race again. For me, this was another one that felt more like a two-horse race. I just put in other horses to be safe. But um, yeah, no, this is a horse that's really impressed me. Again, I'm not much of a speed horse person personally. I'm much more of a closer kind of guy or stalker, but it's also more so for long distance. So mm -hmm. when it is a race that is kind of at like that, I'd say like six and shorter. When you find a horse like this, it's just hard to ignore and not give credit to. I mean, it's just looked incredible lately. Yeah. I mean, look, I mean, look, there's absolutely nothing to shy away from a 96, 92, 92, 93 in its last four starts. The, I mean, with the Santa Anita Sprint Cup championship in there, the Breeders' Cup Sprint, obviously that's that was an extremely tough race with Jackie's Warrior Elite Power in that spot. But look, and then he comes back to Delta Downs twice. Granted, loses one of them. To, granted, to Empire of Gold, but then comes back, destroys the field in that thirty k, and then comes back to run in this spot. There's just so okay. What I want to talk about here, why I really like Candyman Rocket in this spot because Candyman Rocket is not, he's, it's a lot tougher spot, as Howard pointed out in the chat, but he's not a need the lead type. And in a race like this, where you're going to have the two horse who's obscenely fast out of the gate, you have the five who's obscenely fast out of the gate, and the six is absolutely have to go in this spot where you have three horses that draw to the, like, let's say if Candy Morocco is drawn to the inside of these horses, I would like him less. But the fact that he's drawn to the outside, which is the outside post, which is the seven hole in this race. I love Candy Morocco even more. And granted, again, I could say all this stuff and then the pace just could not develop. And like everyone loves uncle Ernie in the chat. If he just gets loose on the turn back from seven to six, I mean, it could, it, I mean, it could be over, but I'm banking on that these horses that need to need to need to go in this spot, which is the, I mean, the two might not need to go, but the five and the six definitely need to go. 
And the two, I think the two's fast enough, especially from the inside draw. The two will go as well. I'm hoping for a hot pace, and I hope Candyman Rocket's going to be the first one to get the jump on everybody for this race. And I'm going to touch on the last one that I want to do. Like I said, Lightning Larry, um, I know you have uh, him in third. But again, this horse, a little light on the speed figures compared to everybody, but that horse is going to have to go. The other one why that I really liked or I, that I liked was Scaramouche. I mean, this horse is the one that I think, I mean, he's, this is what turned me on to this horse. Granted, it's been racing at parks and Mahoning Valley, but here, and then he gets on the turf and the Janus, but hear me out. This is the horse that I think, again, he's really fast out of the gate, but I don't think that he needs the lead by any means. I mean, you look at the gallant Bob, which is a great decision, which is a great um, example of this. I'm going to play this, um, this parks race for you guys. He's the 14 all the way on the outside. Look how wide this horse is coming into the lane. He's still four wide. Granted, I believe this was six and a half at parks, if I'm not mistaken, but he's four wide running around this turn right now. And again, lightning Larry's in this race. And I mean, if I'll just, I'll, I'll forward fast forward a little more. He's still four wide finally gets a tap on the shoulder and is going to kick in through the stretch after having a massive way, way, way more ground than everyone else in this race and still going to power past. And I believe I have to actually look who that is, but again, just a perfect, I love the sweeping move at at being four wide the entire time. I think the rail is going to benefit this horse. There's Alba revolution. That's who that was. I could not remember the name. I knew it was something war related, but I think this, again, this is a horse for me that is, I don't think it's going to get the lead. I don't think he's that fast, but I think this horse, if as long as he can work out a trip at the top of the stretch, I think this horse might be able to pick up the pieces if they um, if they go fast up front. And as Howard's staying in the chat, and I stated before, I love the outside draws at this distance, which is why I absolutely, absolutely love Candyman Rocket in this spot. Um, but I, it's just coming down to the pace factor for it. And if Scaramouche can get a trip from that inside post, I think that could be a pretty decent shout as well. And and for those of you, again, I'm going 7-1-2. Charlie's going 7-2-6. And Patrick is going 7-5-2 in the next race. And Charlie, as I bring up the next PPs right now, is an optional claiming 62 on the turf. Again, another weird seven and a half furlong distance with a very, very short run up to the first turn. Um, we are, again, all going the same horse. So whether that's better or for worse, and I'll, I'll let you, I'm going to let you talk again first, but this, this is a horse I really, really, really wanted to pick against. I really did. And I just, there's a, this, this race is, one of the, my races, one of my impossible races. It could go many, many, many different ways, but we are both going on top with Chili Flag for Jose Ortiz and Chad Brown. Charlie, go ahead. Why do you like Chili oh, yeah, Flag? No, I think this race is a disaster, to be honest. I was so surprised that we had the same horse because this was the race where I had to put the most horses of any of the races on my ticket. I was super confused. I mean, there's another horse that neither you or Patrick have that I also want to mention at some point. Yep. Yeah, no. It's just a very tough race to understand. Yeah, I mean, he's got Jose Ortiz. It's Chad Brown training, obviously, coming over international. I mean, the thing for me is what I'm struggling to pick because there wasn't really a horse that I honestly loved. 
like this horse, if it ends up being at a short price, I would I would not personally want to bet out on my own. I just really loved what I was seeing from the progression on the time form rated. That's really what made me end up landing on yep. these horses. It was in a bunch of stakes races. I know, obviously, which is a little annoying when it does the international ones. It doesn't show where they were throughout. Like, it just kind of shows what they finished at my homie links. But that's kind of what I was just paying attention to, was just the progression. You know, obviously, you kind of throw away that first race where it's a 62 so obviously it's, I mean, I know it won, but it's its yeah. first race ever. And then you see it's in the seventies, the low eighties. And you're like, all right, well then after it went down from 84, is that where it kind of ends? And then after that, it just flipped a switch. Then you're just about 90, then 92, 93. Now I know it's a big layoff, which is also makes me a little skeptical, but that's just what I see. I think Chad Brown knows what he's doing. He's putting this horse in a good spot. And I just love what I was seeing from the speed ratings in terms of how much it's progressed so quickly. Yeah. And that's the thing is, is that, so for those of you that don't know, I'm going to put us on screen for this. For those of you that don't know, these time form ratings on the side, like I said, it's all just different ways to be able to place a speed figure on the race. These time form ratings are generally 15 points, 15 to 20 points above a buyer figure. Just so, like I said, a rough estimation. So if this horse, you know, it's running, it ran a 93 in its last race, that's about what, a 78? And as you scroll through, I mean, the Sweet Serenade ran an 83, 87 for Go-Go Shoes, 80s. I mean, this horse steps up again under Chad. Um, I don't see why this horse cannot improve to be able to place a buyer that would win this race. And that's why I inevitably ended up on this horse. Again, it's been wor- it worked decently on the turf. Payson, I mean, Payson was really slow that day. I looked at a bunch of those works, which is about which was actually four days ago. But it's five out of 12. This, like I said, this horse is racing at pretty decent. I watched this last race at St. Cloud. The horse looked really good at the top of the stretch and just didn't have the, the juice at the end to be able to get it home. Again, it was 30 to one that day on a, on a softer track at St. Cloud, but they did, it was going left hand. So that doesn't scare me. I know that scares some people when they come over um, from Europe that they only race right hand circuits. And then they come to the left hand tracks. That is obviously in the U S I know that scares some people, but the cutback from one, I mean, a little bit, not really. It's going, still going, it's going two turns, but I love the post. It drew the seven. Again, going the seven and a half, I think post is a massive difference, which is what I'm going to talk about with this comment, Matt. I just, I just don't like this horse coming over here for the first time, going, you know, doing stuff for the first time and then drawing massively all the way on the outside. If this horse can't tuck in, like it's, I think from, it's like just, before the finish line is the run up to the first turn. And so it's, it's so short. You have to really navigate from the 11 hole. That's the only reason why I really just don't like the 11. And I obviously I know Chad Browns are going to be a short price. They always will be, um, especially with Castellano and Peter Brandt. I just don't like the post. If this horse would have drew inside, it definitely would have been more of a looker for me. But again, I just, I just can't choose a horse. Like that, that's going to be probably stuck five wide if it can't get in on the first turn. And Charlie, you like the number three and second Wonka. I have this horse in third. What do you like about this horse? Yeah, so again, you got Jose Alvarado with uh, William Mott, which or Bill Mott, which obviously always is nice. Um, certainly not a cheap horse. Again, for me, what I just liked is this horse was improving again. I mean, if you look at what happened, yep. I kind of throw away the race in uh, October. It's not meant to be a dirt horse, clearly. I mean, like, if you look at the speed figure difference, it's not even close. Yep. But then after it, has, after it has its layoff, first one back, 69. It was a hot pace. Obviously not ideal. But, again, it's the first time back. But what really made me attracted to this horse was what happened in its most recent races. That took its second race back off the layoff. Much better speed figure, more to what you would expect. 
did well at the distance. I, again, I think it, I think it going shorter, honestly, won't be a problem. I think this horse can just sit right off those leaders and make a move. Um, again, for a race that's so hard to figure out, and again, with the seven, obviously, coming back to coming to the U.S. for the first time being unpredictable, I just like what I see from the three, and I feel like, not that it's necessarily a safe pick by any means, but sure, this one will be one of the shorter prices as well, and I just see a lot of potential, and I think that if this horse can take another step forward, it would not surprise me at all if the three won this race. Yeah, and look, it's it's going to have to improve, but again, coming, it's, it's not going to have to improve that much. I'm thinking kind of like an 85 buyer, might win this race somewhere on there, maybe maybe even lower 80s than that. I just this horse can definitely improve off the off the last for Bill Mott. We all know how good he is. Um, this was another horse that was I think drew in. It was like the 13. I'm gonna play this replay again. It was the 13 in this race. It actually ended up it actually ended up working out a really nice trip. Again, this is that mile, so it is a little bit farther back on the um and it's not letting me go full screen for some reason but it's all he's all the way out here and he's gonna w- try and work a trip he actually does as everyone backs off he gets a decent trip um in the two path all the way around and this horse just kind of kicks on with it more better than everybody at the top of the stretch i mean this is a maker horse and a nice maker horse on the outside fast and flirty at a big price but that's horse like that that can navigate from the outside i really like this horse is gonna need another step up in class or step up in uh speed figure again but i don't see why this horse can't be that horse um especially if you're trying to find horses to round out your exacta and i'm gonna go over my last pick which is the four and then charlie i'll let you talk about your six um making my move this horse is just straight consistency these last four again raced at one at meadowlands um was favored in that race ran in the galway at saratoga Ran pretty well behind Poppy, like a horse like Poppy Flower. Um, came back off the layoff. Ran okay to train to Artemis, who's a nice horse. A lot of these horses I bring up this. Granted, it was at a sprint, which I'll get to. Trained to Artemis, won its next out with an 85 buyer. Won Identity, came back with an 88 buyer, and won, the st- won a stake. Granted, they were sprints. But I think the biggest thing is that I think this horse might be a candidate to stretch out and kind of surprise a little bit in this race, especially if it can work out a trip off, off the four. You can see his race is at Belmont at seven. Granted, again, that's one turn, but, I mean, stayed out in front the entire race. I don't think this horse is going to get the lead necessarily in this race, but I think that this horse might be a little bit of a wild card out there. I'm hoping probably in that six to seven to eight to one range is what I'm hoping I can get on this horse. Problem if not to win, hopefully to spice up the try the sp- tries and exactas. But like this one's just a puzzler, and you'll just, you'll see on my ticket, it's it's one that I'm definitely gonna have to spread in as well. I'm going seven four three. Patrick is going seven five three with go go shoes, and Charlie is going seven three six. Charlie, talk about sweet serenade real quick before we move on. Yeah, so I was honestly flipping between the two and the six. I'll talk more about the two when we go over our tickets. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, so for the six, again, another thing for me was I just, again, I, I, th- I, I think this will be a good distance for it. I like it on the surface. I also like that, uh, I mean, I know it's not a big deal, but, you know, this jockey's been with this horse in different places. So I think they honestly, uh, between the jockey trainer and horse, have a good connection. They're used to each other. Um, you look at the figures, again, the figures for Sweet Serenade have honestly been very solid. And again, like you kind of mentioned, this feels like a race, just as you said, that I was thinking it kind of feels like somewhere in that like 82 to 85 buyer rating is probably what it's going to take to win this race. And the fact that this horse has had a few, quite a few races that fit that 
and it's had to deal with some hot paces, which I think has honestly hurt it. And I think if it can deal with a more reasonable pace, which I think it will, it could be another one that's a price. Um, I don't know. I don't necessarily love it to win, but again, I do think this is one that you have to have on the ticket that you could definitely mix in the exactos and could be dangerous at a reasonable price. Yeah. And I think this horse, I don't think this horse is going to take too much money by any means Um, with Emma Wilson and Roger Atfield in a race like this. I mean, it might, I'm thinking probably somewhere in the eight to 10 to one range for this horse. So again, this is another horse in there that would be Howard's, you know, if Howard's talking and listening, uh, that key horse that you key in second and third, maybe to clunk, uh, not clunk, or probably clunk up. I don't think this horse is going to be too far, too close to the lead. Um, you know, if this horse can get second or third for you at like eight, nine, 10 to one, it would be a pretty good horse to spice up your vertical plays. Charlie, as I bring up race 11 here, I'm looking right now and we do not, you actually and Patrick both agreed you are going the the two and as i bring up the pps right now i believe that's that todd pletcher horse if i'm not mistaken yeah it is, it is. it's principe dioro wow that was really hard to say principe dioro for castellano todd pletcher and judmont and windshell so very very big connections what do you like about principe dioro yeah i'm kind of surprised you didn't land on this horse i mean obviously there is the red flag and that it ran such a solid race and a big improvement after its last one. And then it's kind of had two big layoffs. And I guess, obviously this one's a lot bigger than the other one, but um, yeah, I mean, the horse has been working decent, obviously not a cheap horse by any means. Um, love Todd Pletcher horses here. And yeah, I just honestly think that this is a horse. I mean, it, again, it's kind of weird. It, it ran in a tough, like a, a fairly tough race compared to its debut significant improvement in the buyer figure was able to get away um, and just, you know, kind of pull away from that field. I really feel like if it runs anything like that last race, it shouldn't have too much trouble here. I mean, again, the fact that it ran that well and it took a big layoff obviously has to be some sort of red flag. But I think Todd Fletcher knows what he's doing. This is his track, basically. Um, so, yeah, I just think it's a great spot for this horse, and I would be pretty surprised if it didn't win. Yeah, and the one thing with me is on this horse, granted, it's high, high-profile connections. You're getting Pletcher, Judmont, and Winchell. Horse out of Medaglia-Doro that, it was that cost them all six hundred and fifty thousand dollars and twenty at the Keeneland sale. This horse, I mean, this was just gonna have to navigate the layoff. That's just plain and simple. It's this horse has been off since April of twenty twenty two. It's been off for ten months. This horse is just gonna have to navigate that layoff. And if this horse is ready, which its workout show, it's working out pretty well. But obviously, we know that that doesn't always uh, transfer into the race day but again that's just for me i'm gonna gonna kind of repeat myself here which i apologize for but if this horse is ready off the layoff this horse could definitely be tough in this spot especially if this horse can go to the lead i'm going with the number six which actually you don't even actually have in your um i know i'm gonna get flamed for this with peter paul listen to this later i'm gonna get absolutely flamed for this i'm going with bourbon creed ian wilkes julian leperoux I mean, this horse, granted, the, I usually don't like fans of the show will know. I don't like a horse that gets put in initially for the claim off of a maiden race, maiden 75 at Churchill, but won pretty damn easily in that race. And I mean, there's horses in that race that improved their buyers into the next came back, raced, um, raced at Goldstream Park on January 13th and optional 25. But that was a stronger optional 25. You had horses like Nitrous Channel who that horse was went to the front. No one from the back had any sort of chance in that race. It's just a lot. And this is another race that you'll see on my ticket. I believe I'm five deep again in this race. This is another race that I can go so many different ways. I just think this horse has a lot of good upside. And if Leperu does not get him, as Paul would say, 
you know, 50 light years out the back and, you know, hold them back there. I think this horse could be definitely very, very interesting, especially, like I said, especially if this horse can get a really nice trip and hope my, my hope is that this horse does Charlie, you like the five desert ruler for Enrique Amado and Lionel Reyes, who's most likely going to be at a little bit of a bigger price. Yeah, I was a little surprised with the disrespect that you and Patrick gave not even put this one top three. I really like this horse. I mean, for me, again, maybe it is a good thing that you think this race is chaotic and have a lot of horses because I only went too deep in this one. Um, but, you know, I really like the five horse. Again, consistency is so key for me in these big fields like this. The speed figures have been great. It's a horse that clearly loves racing at Gulfstream on the dirt. Um, again, it's put up some very solid figures. And what I kind of like a lot about Desert, Rule, Desert Ruler is you can kind of see in its races that it consistently likes to just sit right off of that speed and then make its move. Yeah. Um, I know, obviously, its last two races haven't been quite what it's shown it's been capable of the past. Um, but I don't see why it can't get back to that form. I really don't think it's too far removed. It's not like it had some drastic drop-off. It really didn't. And also, if you look at its last two races, it ran into trouble. It got bumped. It, stumbled, it stumbled in its last race. So I just feel like if this horse can get a clean trip, it can sit right off that base. And honestly, the way I kind of picture this race is the two get to the lead. There's a few horses behind it. The five sits right off of those that are all really pushing. I think the two is the best of the speed and that the five goes past those horses that just don't have enough stamina to keep up with the two and finishes right behind them or maybe even has enough time to get past them. So I really like the five in this spot. I saw Chris also does. Not many other people, though, do. Um, but, yeah, I think the five is a horse that deserves a lot more respect than most people are giving it. Yeah, and, I mean, you know, I might show disrespect to my top three, but I do have him in my pick five, which you'll see later. This this horse is going to have to get back to what it used to be doing. It runs its best races, as you, as Charlie pointed out, stalking behind these leaders. I think the five post is a brilliant post to do that from on a race in a race like this. It's just a matter of is this horse can is this horse as good as it's shown back in 2022? Granted, I mean it ran a 91 buyer in November of 22. I mean that's what three months ago. So this horse definitely is capable. It's just going to have to be able to work out that trip that it that the horse loves so much. But this horse could definitely be there for a little bit lower profile connections with Amato and Reyes. But again, this horse could be one that clunks up gets there and that spices up the pick five completely. So I completely agree with you, Charlie, that this would say, but some would say I a hundred percent agree with you. I'll take another drink out there for everybody, but um, yeah, this is just one of those races. Again, this is a tough sequence. A lot of these races you can f- figure can go one of every way. And Charlie, um, I didn't talk of the only horse we haven't talked about is your one. I'm going to let you talk about it before we move on to the next race. Yeah, so I know you're a little higher on the one in your order than I am, but I do like this horse. The main thing, again, for me is you just see the figures continue to improve. I mean, the concern for me, honestly, with this horse is the late figure on the time form being only a 58. I think this one could finish under. But again, this is kind of one of those horses that I think could really help out the five, where I think it'll try to get towards the front. It'll be battling the two and some of these other horses. But the concern for me is I don't think it'll be able to maintain the speed that it's going to have to go through throughout. I think this will be a horse that gets to the front and then starts to fade at the end. What I'm kind of banking on with this horse, um, again, for me, it's not actually on my ticket. That's why I went really shallow on this one, and I don't think it'll win. But I do think this is a horse you can get at a decent price where you just kind of got to hope that it can not get too tired from the pace it can kind of you know just finish third fourth somewhere under in your trifectas mm-hmm. or if you want to get crazy superfectas um at a solid price i definitely think this horse is a contender i just don't see it as a horse that'll win but still definitely a threat and i like yeah. the improvement in the figures yeah i just i think 
for me, this horse, it's it's rough. When they draw the inside like this and the horse has gone to the lead before and it does, it does its best running on the lead, I think this horse might have to send from the inside, which, again, we've seen on this Gulfstream uh, course that this horse is, I mean, the horses that go out to the front generally get there. And I'm going to get to that, Jim. I just saw your comment. Is this right here? This is why I, I don't necessarily like this horse on top. This horse has 13 runs at Gulfstream. On the dirt track here, two wins that is eight seconds. So it's in the money 12 out of 13 times, but it's gotten second, what, 70%, almost 70% of those times. So it just comes down to the fact of, you know, it's what do you do with that number? I think this horse is a good candidate for an, another in the money finish, especially if there's other speed in this race, which there is. And as long as it develops, I think this horse could stay on for second or third. But again, as Paul, as Tim, Jim points out, it's a good point with a horse, you know, that really has, you know, second itis, as they say. But I'm like I said, it's another puzzling race. It's there's the two in the middle are really a lot harder for me than the op, than the outside races. It just comes down to whether you have a good opinion and you you have to hammer that opinion really hard, and then you'll get paid that way, or. If you spread that way, then you have to hammer other opinions, which is what I do, which was which what you'll see later. As we go into the last race, Charlie, we're all agreeing this this horse ran a ran a standout buyer in its last race, first time out for Chad. We're all going to number eight, and as I bring up the PPs here, we are all going with the number eight, Carl Spackler for Brown E5 Racing and Jose Ortiz. Shocker, shocker! Guess what? It's chalk time. It is. Yeah, I mean, for me, landed on the eight really was simple for me, honestly. I think if you look at all these horses that have run again, it's got Jose Ortiz, got Chad Brown training. I mean, if this horse runs anything like its last race, I think it should dominate this entire field. However, for me, the only reason I didn't single this horse when I wanted to is just because of the fact that I think hurrying home is a complete wild card. Wasn't a cheap horse. You got Miguel Vasquez, who's an underrated jockey, in my opinion. Philmont training. Obviously, the workouts have been really solid. So the only reason I honestly didn't end up singling the eight on my ticket is just because, again, we haven't seen the six run. We have no idea what it's capable of. Obviously, again, for the trainer and the price, they expect a lot of it. So for me, that's the only horse that could really honestly be dangerous to me. I think the eight has no business losing this race. But again, the six has never run. It was an expensive horse, and we have no idea what it's capable of. So I just had to put it on my ticket because when you have a horse that's a wild card like that, you just don't want to take that chance. And it would not surprise me in the slightest if the six ends up being an unbelievable horse and wins this race. Yeah, and look, it could be. I mean, this horse—it's out of Uncle Mo, which is which is a question for me why they're throwing this horse on the turf out of Uncle Mo. Obviously, if you look at Curlin and Twirlin, I mean, this horse is all dirt. Is like obviously Bluff for Bluff didn't race. Playa Maya was a good turf horse, ran its three best races and three best buyers on turf, but that's really it. Indian Charlie obviously and Uncle Mo obviously didn't. So it's just going to be wet. Why is I'm interested to see why Bill Mott is throwing this horse on the turf. But the other thing to check about is, um, and I do know that Matt, I'm going to get to it when I start talking about Carl Spackler. I do know that, but um, obviously as a golfer at heart, I've, I have to know my Caddyshack references when I see them. But the only thing that um, people that follow horse racing, um, especially that follow the flagship show, Howard's talked about this a lot. Pete and Paul have both talked about this a lot as well. Mott is not a guy that's known for cranking up his first-time starters. And I'm going to put his full screen for this. He's not a guy to have them 
necessarily cranked up. Like a guy like Wesley Ward will most likely always have them cranked up, which again, shout out to, you know, Charlie out there with a Wesley Ward reference, but um, like just to go over some, a few stats of him first time out um, it's with Bill Ma with a sample size of 402. He's um, 11% first time winner with first time routers going two turns. He's out of 188 sample size. He's only winning at 7% with first time turfers. He's only winning at 9% of 152 sample size. So he's not a guy known to crank up his starters first time out, which is what scares me a little bit about this horse. This horse doesn't have the best workouts on turf, but that's the one thing for me. I think this race is a candidate for um, what Howard preaches and what I've adopted and what I've always talked about with Arlington and all that is this is a race where I think you're either going to have to go single Carl Spackler or you're going to have to completely toss him and not use him at all. Because hear me out. If, if you have two, if you're going to double your ticket, even triple your ticket, if you're going to go three deep in this race and Carl Spackler ends up winning, there's just no use in having it. I think what it's going to happen. I think what's going to have to happen is you're, they're going to have to play this horse or completely toss him. And that's the way that's the value play. And you can single him on some of your tickets. Like I showed Chris alone's comment, you single him on 80% and you single, or you, and then you go with someone else on a backup ticket or something like that. But you, you play that single, the eight and you press up the bat. That's where I think you can get value from a horse like this. That will probably be close to even money in this spot for Brown. It's just, like I said, it just comes down to what you're comfortable with, but that's what I would suggest in playing a race like this. I'm again, Carl Speckler is the boys have pointed out in the chat for those too young to know. Well, Matt thinks I'm too young to know. I am not as a, like I said, a golfer at heart. Bill Murray's carrying cash. Wow. Bill Murray's character in Caddyshack was Carl Speckler. It's in the hole, but I absolutely love that movie. What an absolutely gem of a guy. Bill Murray is as always, obviously a Chicago Cubs fan, but you know, um, he actually has, um, for those of you that don't know by O'Hare, he has, he actually opened up a restaurant called Caddyshack. It's Bill Murray's Caddyshack. It's absolutely cool. They have all the memorabilia and stuff like that in there. It's super cool. But I just think, I mean, this horse, I watched a replay. If you go back to yourself, this horse ran an absolutely winning race last time, beat a good horse in Fort, Fort Wilderness, um, lost to Farbridge who got him, nibbed him at the wire just came up after battling the entire time with Fort wilderness. So, and he was six clear of him who was six clear of everybody else. I think this horse is going to be really tough in this spot. If he can get to the lead, I love the outside draw. As long as he can get up to the side of the leader or just off. I think this horse is going to be really, really tough to beat in this spot. Charlie, um, you have hurrying home and then you have got to like him who I actually have in second. This is for D'Angelo and Castellano. And so not a stable. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I was trying to throw a third horse in there. You got to have three. I think Matt's not entirely wrong with the Stone Cold single. Again, completely can see it. I know Bill Mott, as you kind of mentioned, I personally didn't know the stats, but that obviously because of that, it doesn't look like he necessarily will have his horses geared up. And again, I kind of had the thought process like you were talking about because I know how well Wesley's do, but I know not everybody is Wesley Warden. That this is the kind of stuff he specializes in. Yeah. Um, but with all that being said, again, just needed to give a third horse. I think the five is certainly an interesting horse that has had good works and could move up again and improve. Um, but I just don't, from what I've seen from it, see how it could beat the eight. Again, I really don't see the eight losing. The only way I could honestly see it is just one of the first time starters 
happening to surprise everybody or if something just happens to go horribly wrong. Again, just need to throw a third horse in. I certainly think the five is interesting. Definitely a horse to consider for your exactas. Um, you know, this is one of those races where maybe you don't want to bet the eight to win because it's going to have no value yep. on it if you're betting just the race on its own. But maybe pick out two or three horses to put an exactas with the eight on top and you can make a lot more money than if you just try to, I don't know, put 10, 20 bucks on it to win it even money. No, I mean, that's correct. I mean, you know, it's all about getting value. That's all what we do in this game. I, I tend to do it in doubles with a horse like the eight. Um, like with the last race, you know, single the seven or, you know, you go on to it with a double. Um, that's how I find my value. Even a horse like that, you know, if you can get four to one on a double, five to one on a double, I think that's still good value, especially if you have a good opinion in the last race. You just go single, single stone cold. You hit it. You get five to one on a $20 bet. I mean, that's a good hundred bucks. You know, and if your bit if your budget's bigger, then you even go bigger and you win a little more money. So it's that type of way. There's two horses that I want to check on and um that I want to check on that I want to touch on before we move on. My seven is what I have in third. This horse just has some experience for again, Crownsway's Kelsey Danner, Lino Race, and NBS, who's partnered on one of my horses with Crownsway. I just think this horse has experience, it's working well. He's got a lot of work to do in the you know he's gonna have to get up there in the speed figure he's gonna have to continue approving but this could be a horse that would be keyed underneath for me in a race like this that it does have a lot of early pace but if this horse gets shuffled back i think this horse could be one that might be able to clunk up as this one was the behind was the first of the rest i guess in that race with carl spackler for wilderness as i touched on earlier horse could be interesting for underneath and everyone's touching on the one saying the city for bill mott um the only thing that was really weird to me is I completely agree with you guys that this horse has massive for pedigree. I mean, it raced on the um, uh, overly tempting um, reached on laced on the synthetic at um, back when all those tracks were synthetic, like Del Mar and Santa Anita and Hollywood park um, ran a good race at Del Mar and the Daisy cutter. I mean, but look at this. I mean, it's got Irish breeding contemptible didn't race, but then Leslie lady had turf. So this horse definitely has a lot of turf pedigree. It was just really interesting off the layoff, working well. It's just going to be, um, obviously, Mott's really good off the layoff. Just, I really was questioning, I mean, maybe they just needed a race and they wanted to see how he would do on the dirt again. But look at this. This is the other thing. Blazing Sevens. Um, hello, if you don't know who Blazing Sevens is, let me, I mean, you should if you don't. I mean, winner winner of the Champagne at, at Belmont at Aqueduct. So I guess at Aqueduct. And then ran in the suit juvenile behind Forte and Cave Rock and National Treasure. This horse is a serious horse, but again, owned by Kara. Again, another really big connection horse. This was just to show me that it can race off the layoff. So, but we all know again how good Bill Mott is off those types of layoffs. And again, what I want to say is thank you to everybody. I'm going to bring us full screen for this one before we go to our pick fives. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. It's been an absolutely great viewership wise. Um, we've decided to go a little more horse racing esque, and we're going to do our best bets for the sports weekend at the end. And we're actually going completely different sports on it, um, which we'll touch on. Charlie doesn't know my bet, but yet, but um, I just want to say again, thank you for everyone. And the one thing I want to touch on again is our sponsor Crownsway racing for this episode, which again, they're offering an absolutely fantastic ownership opportunity to get in it's only 500 bucks they have no monthly bills which is completely different from a lot of under syndicates they have no monthly bills um the paddock and winner circle access for when your horse wins the races 
or obviously Paddock beforehand. Um, um, Carlos and Kel- Carlos Silva and Kelsey Danner are two absolutely great, clean trainers. They have a 10 commi- 10% commission rate off the top with no maintenance and no purchase fees at all. They have great showings with 17% win rate in 2022. In the last two years, they've got 55% in the money. Um, like I said, I can't speak highly enough about them. All these horses you see on the back wall are all from Crownsway Racing. So I have absolutely nothing bad to say about them at all. They're an absolutely great group of people, and you will not regret it buying in because hopefully we can get another, like my big boys, Smoking Jay and Otago. Hopefully we can get more horses like that to do well for the stable. Again, that's $500 straight up, pays for six months of maintenance and all fees purchasing. It's $500 for six months, and if our horses do well, you will not have to pay anything after that six months. So please, if you are interested, please contact Anthony Rollo either through Twitter at Crownsway Racing or through email Anthony Rollo with two L's at crownswayracing.com. Now, Charlie, this is where this is where the, sh- the shit hits the fan, for lack of a better term. This is the pick five. So I'm going to go over Patrick's first since he's not here. Sadly, still, he's going 6, 8, 9, 10. Single in Candyman Rocket with the number seven in the second leg, then he's going two, three, five, seven, singling the two, which is Principe Dioro for the perpletcher off the layoff, and then going one, two, eight in the last ring. And that's a $48 ticket for 50 cents. Charlie, I'm going to go over your ticket and I'm going to let you talk about it and expand on it. Charlie's going eight, nine with two, six, seven, with two, three, six, seven, with two, five, with six, eight. And that's also a $48 ticket for 50 cents. Charlie, Talk about your ticket. So, yeah, as I sort of mentioned earlier, I thought the first race, I know you were on the nine, I was on the eight. I really feel like it's a two-horse race. Uh, so that's kind of how I ended up there with the two, six, and seven. Then in the uh, in the next race, I uh, again, I know we kind of hit on it, that we were all over uh, Candyman, and I think Super uh, Ocho with its speed can be dangerous. And the reason why I still like the six with Lightning Larry is I know it's not the fastest horse by any means, and then it needs to get to the front, but it is definitely like a, a – one of the what's it, horses for or course horses for courses or courses for horses I think it is yeah uh, where if you look at that horse whenever it runs six furlongs on the dirt at Gulfstream it has its best speed figures so I like that or buyer figures so I like that for this horse uh, then next race two three six seven I know we all have the same top pick but I think this race is a disaster I think there's so many horses that could win uh, but I was trying to stick around fifty bucks so that's why I ended up with four horses there then with the two and the five again I feel like it's a two horse race um, I really do feel like the uh, Two should end up winning it. But um, again, I think the five could be a price and is underrated. So that's why I put it in there. And then the last race really wanted to single the eight, but I just didn't want to risk. I'm not saying I'll get through the first four, but should I do so? I don't want to risk passing on what I still think could be a promising first time starter. So I had to put them together. And yeah, that's how I ended up on my $48 ticket. I mean, look, absolutely. And the one thing that I always say, and I know you're a big believer in obviously as well, with if you're on a limited budget, um, I play what you're comfortable with. You know, if you want to expound on this ticket, play a bigger ticket. If you know, the $48 might even be a little too much. You can single a horse. That's, you know, one of those last two legs, but always play what you're comfortable with. Don't go outside your means. Then Charlie and I, obviously we have our tickets are differing in price, but that's what we're comfortable with playing. But I'm going this, I'm going with a $75 ticket. I'm going six, eight, nine, with one seven, with three, four, five, six, seven, with one, two, three, five, six, and I'm singling the eight, which is my the Caddyshack man himself, Carl Speckler, in the last race, and that's a seventy-five dollar ticket for fifty cents. 
Look, six, eight, nine, those are my top three in the first race. The first leg, which is that seven and a half, 25 optional claimer. I think the nine and the eight, like I said, the nine, like Charlie touched on the nine and eight are going to be really tough as long as the eight takes to the turf. But the number six, so Sua Summer for Bill Mott and Jose Ortiz, I think could be a really big wild card as well. Hopefully, you can get five to one on that horse. If that horse comes in, can start the pick five off right. In the second leg, I I really wanted a single Candyman Rocket, and if I'm going to play a press-up ticket, that's what I would end up doing. I added Scaramouche in there, who I think if he gets a good trip from the rail, that horse could be dangerous. Um, like I said, as long because I think there's so much pace in that race with the two, the five, and the six, I think that horse can definitely be one of them that would um, that would be able to pounce on that if it falls apart. So I'm going one seven. The next two races. I'm going with a good old who the fuck knows. I'm going five deep in both of them. Three, four, five, six, seven in the third leg and one, two, three, five, six in the fourth. And then I'm singling what looks to be a standout. Like I said, you either have to single this horse or you spread. I'm going stone cold single. I think this horse is definitely the goods. And as long as this horse can stay, get a good trip from the outside post at a mile on the Gulfstream turf, I think this horse could be very very dangerous, especially like I didn't touch on, like I wanted to. It's going from a mile and sixteenth to a mile now at Gulfstream Park, and I think that could be the the key difference in getting this horse home, especially if it runs another high eighties buyer. But again, with everybody um, that's playing Gulfstream Park on Saturday and the Rebel and everything else on Saturday, good luck to all of you. It's going to be an absolutely great day of racing. But please tune in tomorrow, especially also with the Saudi Cup. Do not forget that. Tomorrow, Howard has two shows going on. It is at 5 p.m. Eastern for the Saudi Cup with a great UK handicapper in Davy Lane. They're going to be live covering that card for tomorrow on tomorrow, 5 p.m. Eastern time, covering the Saudi Cup. And then that's not all. Howard's going in the old Dubai U tomorrow at 8 p.m. Eastern. Howard, Pete, and Paul are going to be going over the late pick five at Oaklawn, which includes the Rebel Stakes. But again, if, however you play the horses on Saturday, good luck. Charlie, we're going to cover our best bets of the weekend here. We're going to cover a little bit of sports betting. Um, Charlie going with his absolutely ridiculous game as usual. I expect nothing less from the man himself. Best bets of the weekend for sports as I go into... Come on, I got to get there first. As we go into Circa for our best bets of the weekend, I'm going with... A golf pick, actually, and Charlie is going with a college basketball pick. Charlie is going with North Texas minus two and a half versus Charlotte. And be warned, this game is actually for tomorrow as basketball spreads do not come out beforehand. Charlie's very, very well-versed in basketball. Charlie, talk about why you love North Texas as I bring up something that I think you'll enjoy. Yeah, so obviously, big college basketball guy. That's honestly my – I'd say basketball is my go-to sport to bet on. Um, we're getting closer to March, getting closer to conference tournaments. So this is a great time for anybody who wants to start following college basketball season. Great time to do so. Uh, yeah, honestly, North Texas has just been a wagon. You know, they're not that well known, but they are one of those mid-major schools that does need to be respected. This is a team that's honestly played so well that now it is a chance to get into March, even if it doesn't win its conference tournament. It's now on the bubble, which is very difficult to do for those of you who aren't really into college basketball. Essentially, what the bubble is, is those are teams on the fence of making the tournament. And normally that's only schools that are in the major conferences that you've heard of. So the fact is them being in that position is because of how well they've played. Uh, yeah, the spread wasn't out, unfortunately. And also, I don't really want to be biased if it's going to be a best bet. Uh, yeah, North Texas, 14-3 and three in conference play, 9-2 and two on the road, 23-5 and five overall, 
They've been on a very solid win streak led by their star senior guard, Taylor Perry. Or, sorry, Tyler Perry. I pronounced that wrong. Apologies. But, yeah, I mean, they're playing a Charlotte team that they blew out recently. I know you can't always make a big thing about that because one thing that makes college basketball very tough is the fact that home and away makes a big difference. But this has just been a team that's honestly been rolling. Their only team they lost to, I think, in the last eight or nine games was FAU, who's currently top of the conference and actually yep. ranked. I think this team is very, very talented. I would try to honestly grab this spread as soon as you can. Very surprised it's at two and a half. It already moved from two, and I have a feeling it's going to move again. They're a team that plays very well on both sides of the ball. But as you can see, holding Charlotte to just 43, they're a team that takes a lot of pride in playing defense with only three scores and double digits. Uh, yes, folks, I know it's North Texas, but I do my deep dive <laughs> analysis. I know what I'm talking about. I, wa- I watch a ton of mid-majors, and I'm telling you, the North Texas Mean Green Mean couldn't be a better description of this team. They are a very physical defense-based team that'll turn you over and score, and I would not be surprised if they run it up against Charlotte. Yeah, and I mean, like I said, Charlie's way a lot more into college basketball than I am, but seeing a, a, you know, a team that's top, basically top of their conference, second in their conference, facing a team that's pretty middle of the road in their conference, coming only at a two-and-a-half-point favorite, well, either obviously check stuff like injuries if you're looking at, you know, you see spreads like that, but it doesn't look to be the case at all in this game. I mean – it just looks it looks pretty on the wall. So I do really do like the pick. Like I said, I just give Charlie shit because he always goes, you know, bottom of the barrel, finding all this random sh- stuff that, you know, no one would ever think about betting. But my D-Gen friend over here at 12 in the morning is looking up at looking at different stuff. But I'm going actually with a golf pick. And I know Howard's smiling out there. Um, and Patrick, who will watch this later, is definitely smiling down on me for the golf pick. I'm going Billy Horschel top 20 of the Honda Classic, this um, which is ends up being plus 150 um, these over this next coming weekend. Uh, Horschel, I mean, Horschel is a great. There's really not a lot of really big names in this weekend. Um, you know, all the top names, obviously Rory, Rom, they're all out. The biggest name in this weekend is Sung J M, and I know for all of you out there that don't follow golf, you'll say who the hell, who the fuck is that? No clue. <laughs> but um, he's he's a guy. Sung J M plays like every single tournament. He's a great golfer. Obviously, as everyone is, that has to be on the tour. But he's a great golfer. He's won tournaments in the past. Horschel has seven wins on the PGA. But my big thing is, um, in his last six trips since 2017 to the Honda Classic, he's been in the top 16 and. Four of the six, including a top four in 2017. Last year, he was, um, I think, 14th, tied for 14th place. Um, he loves the Honda Classic out there. He started the year off super hot, um, went down a little bit at stuff like the Waste Management Open and the um, Genesis Invitational, which are really high-profile tournaments where you get a big turnout of all the big names. I think with the... Um, with a dumbed down feel, I don't want to say dumbed down because they're still amazing golfers that can kick my ass any day. But you know, with less competition in it, with less of the top top a top of the top golfers in the world right now, I think this is a tournament that Billy, especially that he's done well in before, that Horschel can come in top twenty and be able to cash that bet at plus one fifty. So that is going to be my best bet of the entire weekend is Billy Horschel top 20 at the Honda classic, which ends up being plus plus one fifty. And Charlie is going again to remind everyone North Texas minus two and a half versus Charlotte on Thursday. Obviously your bet, my bet um, for Billy Horschel top 20, everyone would need to get their bet in tonight or tomorrow morning as they tee off. And obviously the odds would change, 
they tee off tomorrow morning at 5.50. So if you like Billy Horschel like I do, I already put in my bet, but get your bet in by tonight to make sure that you get the same odds that I do. But Charlie, I just want to say it's been an absolutely great. Yeah, see, and there's my man. See, I knew he was out there smiling somewhere, but it's been an absolutely great show, an absolute great sequence at Gulfstream Park for this next um on Saturday. And like I said, you got everything going on with the Saudi Cup. You got Oakland going on. It's gonna be an absolutely great weekend to make some money. I cannot wait. I'm sure Charlie can't wait either. And please, like I said, tune in tomorrow for Howard's double show, double show Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern covering the Saudi Cup and at 8 p.m. Eastern for the normal time slot of the flagship show covering Rebel Day at the late pick five at Oaklawn Park. And please, again, check out Crownsway Racing for a great ownership opportunity. For my co-host, Charlie Freeman, and my ghost co-host, uh, Patrick Kunsel, it's been Kyle Roscoe with episode number eight of Benton and Boozin. Thank you so much for everyone for watching and have a great night.